The title of my message today is Martyrdom, Acts chapter 7. How many of you are ready to be martyred? <laughs> wow, a little slow on that one, huh? I, I know that we didn't tell you when you became a Christian that you signed up to be a martyr. I got one amen. Okay, I'll, I'll live with that one, Lewis. But you know, before I get into the word, I, um, I saw a text come across, my uh, email come across my phone about martyrdom this morning when I was coming into the sanctuary. And I'm like, well, that's what I'm talking about. I had to go through and scroll through and find, but let, let me read this to you. This is about Deborah Samuel. To a shocked world, 19-year-old Deborah Samuel, also known as Deborah Yakuba, is the most prominent face of Christian persecution in Nigeria. She was stoned and her body was set on fire by a mob of her Muslim classmates for a series of posts that began in a chat room when she was asked how she passed her exams. She replied, Jesus, oh, and refused to take down the post when Muslims in the chat group demanded it. She was the daughter of Emmanuel Garba and Ahiri Emmanuel, the second oldest of six siblings and little sister to Nakata Garba. Deborah was a second year home economics major at Shihu Shigari College of Education in Sokoto State, one of 12 areas governed by Sharia law. She grew up in Tungan Magaija and Riju local government area of Niger State, but had been living with her uncle since she was primary school and been using the name Samuel. Deborah's parents tied their hopes and dreams for their family to Deborah. While she attended college, some of her siblings had to stay home because the family couldn't afford to send them all to school at the same time. The 19-year-old was known to be very studious. She was set to finish her degree in 2023-2024 school year. Deborah's father, a security guard, traveled to the school to bring her da his daughter's body and bury her in the town's Christian cemetery. Their family has been outspoken like their daughter about their trust in God, speaking for their family. Her father said, I have nothing to say. We are pained by what happened, but we have left all to God. According to one of Deborah's classmates, Deborah's last words were to her attackers. What do you hope to achieve with this? Now, this isn't back in the 1500s. This is this year. Last week, Father John Mark Chittenham, son and a brother, Father Chittenham is the la latest victim in the string of murderous kidnappings in Nigeria. July 15th, 2022, he was kidnapped by extremists from the church where he served in the Lear region of Kaduna State and was killed in a field that day. He was only 44 years old. This was July 15th, just a little over a week ago. 
I could go on and on with this email that they sent me. They picked 10 martyrs that they felt were important to share, and they shared them. And it just happened to be the day when the title of my message is Martyrdom. That breaks my heart. The Anuchas were two of the worshipers who were celebrating Pentecost at St. Francis Church in Ole on June 5th. Remember, we had that service here, the Pentecostal service here on June 5th. When a group of armed men opened fire on the congregation, killing 40 people, including four children. It just, we should be so thankful for what we have. We should be praising God for what we have. We should not be afraid at all to share the gospel message with people because of where we are today, the freedom that we have today. We don't have people sitting outside listening to what we're saying. God don't want to come in and kill us. I mean, I know that happens some, but I'm telling you in Nigeria, thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of people have been martyred. And at this point already in Nigeria, they have killed almost as many Christians already as they did last year. You may not, we may not be looking here at home about martyrs, but I'm telling you, it's going around the world right now. It's happening. It's a real thing. And we're going to read today out of Matthew chapter 7, 54 to 60, if you'll stand with me. And we'll read this together. Ooh. All right, you stand, I'll read. You can turn around and look at it up there. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed at him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran at him with one accord. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they sown Stephen as he was calling on, the God, on God and saying, Lord, Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Dear Heavenly Father, as we go into your word today, God, I pray that, Lord, there'll be such a refreshing of who you are come upon each one of us. Father God, that that fire of your spirit would be ignited in each one of us today, God. That, Lord, that we not be silent, we not go silent into the night, but, Lord, that we begin to lift up our voices, Lord. Even as the one lady I read about, God, who stood on the same corner every day to preach the gospel, how they took her and they killed her, and, Lord, another one took her place, God. I pray that, Lord, that another one would take their place. That, Lord, that we would continue to fill in the gaps, God, to preach the gospel of the King of to all the world, Father. That we not be silent, Father. We not live in fear, God. But Lord, your word would stir us today and ignite us to fire. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. You may be seated. 
As I said earlier, we didn't tell you when you get saved, we don't tell you that being a martyr is part of the calling. It is. We, we didn't tell you that you had to give your life for Jesus. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, but you shall receive power. Everybody say power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's the idea. That word witness in the Greek is martyr. So it means just simply that you are going to lay down your life to spread the gospel. Amen. To share the gospel message with somebody. You lay down your life. And now in America, it's not like in Nigeria. As I prayed, I know I prayed for that, the lady that every day she stood on the same corner and she preached Jesus. She heard that there might be an uprising, so she took a week off. Then she went back to that corner. She preached again and they killed her that day. That afternoon, somebody took her place. Somebody took her place. I know people that have taken a beating for the gospel and be so excited because they were chosen to take a beating. I, I, know, I know this guy one time was driving me in this one country and he, he was kind of in a hurry. And so he, he went on a one-way street, just a short distance, but, but he came head on with a police officer, police car. So me and my friend are in the car in an area that we probably shouldn't have been in. So they said, just stay in the car. And that brother went out and he, he talked for about 40 minutes and, and he come back and everything was okay and he parked the car, but he, he, he repented. He said, pastor, I'm so sorry. I said, for what? We, we're okay. He goes, I put you at risk. I said, well, they wouldn't have done anything. He says, they could kick you out of the country and you never allow you back. And he goes, and that would have been on me. And he was so repentant. I mean, tears in his eyes. He's repenting to us because he put us at that risk. And see, in other countries, there is the risk. Not here yet, yet. But over there, man, around the world, there is a lot of uh, risk. But we lay down our lives to be a witness, amen? Just as Stephen, just as we read about, Stephen was a witness. Stephen did do nothing wrong except share the truth. He didn't share his story. He shared the history of what was happening. And when they took him to the council, they made false accusations against him. And, and then he stood up and he began to, to defend himself. Now listen, don't let people say about you, don't let what people say about you slow you down. Unless it's true. You know, the... If, if what they say about you is true, repent and take some time to get it right. Amen. Don't, don't just say, don't just call them liars. If it's really true, you take your time to work on yourself. Amen. But let's not, let's not put on people what you won't do. 
See, I'm talking about martyrs, so what am I saying? I'm willing to be a martyr for the kingdom. Not that I want to. I don't know anybody that wants to. But I, I go to the fun places in the world that it's very possible. You know, in Pakistan, for proselytizing, the penalty's hanging. Yeah. And, I, and when I'm in Pakistan, I get Muslim people that come to the meetings all the time. And they want healing because they believe that Jesus heals. I remember laying my hands on this Muslim guy and I'm praying for him and stuff. And then he, I, I go to the next guy and he's tugging on my leg. And I'm like, yes, sir. And he goes, it still hurts. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> they believe though that Jesus heals. Stephen, like I said, he just went through the history of what brought him there that day. We need to know the Bible, amen? We need to know from Genesis. You know, you don't have to memorize it, but you need to read it a few times from Genesis to, um, what's the last one? Malachi. You need to read all that so you know the history. You know the history of it all. See, they used to sit down at night and tell their kids the history of it all, of the Bible, so that their kids knew what they were standing up for, amen? We need to know the history. We need to know how Jesus left the throne of heaven, how he came to earth, how he died, rose again on the third day, amen? And he ministered for 40 days after he rose from the dead. And then 10 days later, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out upon all the people. We need to know this stuff, amen? You don't just get it by just coming to church once a week. You got to get into it. You got to read it. Amen. Now, Stephen, he started with Abraham. I didn't want to read the whole 56 verses to you today. So I'm going to um, backtrack a little bit here and just paraphrase. But Stephen, he started with Abraham and his testimony of being faithful. Everybody say faithful. faithful. Now, righteousness was a credit to Abraham because he was faithful. So number one today is be faithful to God. Don't be adulterous. Amen. How do you commit adultery with God? Other idols. She's been reading. <laughs> you go out with, you worship other idols. You do things that are contrary to God. And that's when you start committing adultery. Amen. So I, as I was looking up, martyrdom this week i didn't find this stuff here about nigeria but just you know iran still uses stoning you know to kill people they bury them up to their waist and um then they stone them i i know i'm being very graphic with you today but you need to know what's going on um out there what's happening because you know we can't just be blind to it and just think oh the world's a great place no the the world's in trouble. You know, but people are very vicious about, you know, the gospel not being preached. So this means, you know, like Abraham, like Abraham, we need to be patient. How many of you are patient people? How many of you know Jesus? Okay, if you know Jesus, you're patient. You just don't know it yet. But... I mean, He's telling the story of Abraham and he's like, he's sharing how Abraham was faithful and Abraham was patient, you know. Here Abraham's being told, you're going to be the father of nations, you know. The, the, your, your seed is going to be like the, the sand on the seashore, you know. And Abraham's like, listen, I don't have a kid. 
And you know, he's, he's 100 years old. His wife is 90 years old. And God's just saying to all of us, just stay faithful. It's part of the plan that we stay faithful. Don't have Ishmael's along your way. You know, we have Ishmael's when we get impatient, when we try to fix it for God. You know, Sarah says, here, take my maiden, take my slave girl, and he becomes his concubine, and he has a baby, Ishmael, with her. And see, Stephen's just rolling through this stuff. Don't have the Ishmael's. Don't try and do it for God. Let God do it for you. Amen? Be patient. Do that waiting. You know, trust God with all your heart, amen? And don't lean on your own understanding. That's what the word says. Don't lean on your own understanding because, man, how many of you, how many of you like to just fix it? You don't want to wait. You're just like, I'll take out a loan, God. I'll just borrow that money. I won't wait for you. I'm just going to go in debt a little deeper. Come on, it's America. That's what we do, you know? But trust God. Don't lean on your own state. Have faith. Jesus is at work, Amen. And he's going to do right according to you. He loves you. Jesus loves you. So then, then Stephen gets into the 12 patriarchs. Jacob had 12 sons. And these are the patriarchs of Israel, these 12 sons. Now, even in them 12 sons, I read all about them, them in the Old Testament. Man, some of them sons weren't very good. They weren't very kind. They were a little crazy. But God said, these are the ones. And Jacob raised them up. And, and one son, one of his sons, had a dream. Then he had another dream. But when he had the dreams, he told his family about the dreams. And, and it's like, you know, I had this dream last night that there was like these... 11 stocks and then two stocks that bowed down to me. And they, they knew what, the family knew what it meant. You're saying, Joseph, that we're going to bow down to you. And well, his brothers didn't like that dream. His brothers did, couldn't associate with that dream. So what they do? They took him, they, they beat him up, they threw him in a pit. And they were just going to leave him in that pit to die. But then some traders come by, so they slaved their brother out to him. And he ends up in, you know, in Egypt. You know, he's working for the guy. He's doing real good. And then his wife, the guy's wife accuses him of uh, trying to get with her. And so he goes into prison. And then these two guys are in prison and he interprets their dreams. And, and he says, just remember me when you get out. Well, a few, le few years later, they remember him when Pharaoh wanted to know the, the interpretation of a dream. They said, hey, there's a guy in prison that can interpret your dream. Joseph comes out, interprets the dream, God, and Pharaoh makes him the number two guy in the nation. The dream came alive. So point number two, put, don't let anything stop your God-given dreams. Amen. Don't let anything stop. I don't care if you're five years old, 10 years old, or you're 90 years old. Don't let anything or anybody stop the dream that God has given you. Because I believe it's never too early and it's never too late to get started. Amen. It doesn't matter how old you are, what you've been through, what you've gone through. If God's given you a dream, let's see it happen. 
Amen. God wants to see it happen. God wants to fulfill the dreams that he's given you. Amen. And he is stirring you up to it. Don't let your age or anything stop the pursuing of what God has. God's given you the dream. Trust, trust him and be obedient to him. Amen. And he'll bring it to pass. You got to be obedient to him. Everybody say obedient. obedient. You got to listen to him. Now, sometimes it's hard. I mean, when, when we were asked to go to another nation to live, it's like, that's a, that's a big deal. You know, we just had a grandson at that time and, and we were all happy and serving the Lord here in Corona and go move to another country. We went over there to that country and just had incredible incredible times we saw so many miracles we saw God do amazing things i don't talk about that this the name of the country because you're not supposed to do that in that country so i don't still mention it because this is going live so if you want to know you can come ask me but you know the biggest miracle of that whole thing when we moved to another country is that delanda said yes it, it was a big deal I mean, we went there, we went to that country for two weeks. I go, let's just go, let's go and not do any ministry. Let's just go and hang out for two weeks. So we're over there for two weeks. And so we're, we're talking about it. And she starts crying. <laughs> and then she said this, she said, I don't think I can live here with you alone. It wasn't that funny at the time, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And she ran out of the room crying. And she went and she cleaned. I'll let you tell, you're going to speak in two weeks, right? You can tell your version of it, okay? <laughs> she, she comes back. She went and she cleaned because we were staying in an apartment, somebody else's apartment. And she cleaned the whole kitchen, top to bottom, just scrubbed it clean. And then she comes back. She goes, okay, I'll give you an, a year. We've got to keep a house in America and I got to be able to go home for Christmas. I'm like, deal. I'm good. I'll take it. And that's what we did. And we saw God do amazing things. So many miracles there because we were obedient. Obedience is not always easy. But when you do it, God shows up. God shows up. Amen. You can talk to Delanda about that. You know, but when you're obedient, he will get you into the position that he wants you. He'll put you in that right place. It's just like, as we've been talking about prayer on Wednesday nights, Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 16, it says, tomorrow, the, the, the prophet is given the people instructions. He says, tomorrow go down against them they will surely come up the ascent of Ziz and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. So the Lord through the prophet is giving the people the exact position that they need to be in to intercept the enemy. And it gets even better because God says, but you won't have to fight 
because I'm going to take care of this for you. But how many of you know when God fights your battles, it doesn't mean you go home and you do nothing, amen? You engage with God, you pray, you worship, you praise, amen? You have, you have that place that you go to with the Lord that you're not just kicking back saying, okay, God's God. No, you enter, you enter in with him and you pray and you worship. And you glorify him and you watch God be God and do this great and mighty thing. In their case, God, like I said, defeated the whole enemy. And God, God, everybody say God. God. That's pretty weak. <laughs> One, two, three. God. I think he heard you. <laughs> God will help you to fulfill your dreams he's put in you. He wants them to. Don't forget that. God wants to fulfill your dreams. It's his plan. And, and then, then Stephen, he, he goes into how God raised up Moses, made him the deliverer of Israel from the Egyptians. So number three, let's put this. God hears your cries. God hears your cries. So this is a, a trust issue we need to fight through. God hears your prayers. Unless... Micah 3, 4, then they will cry to the Lord, but he will not hear them. He will even hide his face from them at that time because they've been evil in their deeds. That's when he won't hear you, when you've been evil in your deeds. And this is where we need to make adjustments. Just stop doing evil. I got that one amen. I don't know. I think Becky said it. I'll take it. <laughs> Stop doing evil. The re reason why I say that is, you know, we, we've been praying, you know, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal them. Amen. See, as a nation, there needs to be a turning. I believe we're experiencing a turning here at New Hope Family Worship Center because people are really starting to get healed. People are starting to get freed. Amen. And so I believe God wants to do it. Amen. But it just doesn't have to be a corona thing. It needs to be a national thing. Amen. Our nation needs to turn back to God. Amen. Our nation needs to humble themselves and pray. Turn from our wicked ways. They'll hear from heaven. That's where we need to be right now. As Anton said, I, I, Anton, he had so much more to say. I know he did, because when he told me, it was a lot longer than that. But he, he's like, this is, this is what he told me. He goes, you know, Pastor Ron, he goes, I don't have problems. He said, can I come to prayer? I said, explain. He says, since I started coming to prayer, my problems have dwindled. He goes, there's things that happen now and then, but God's always got the answer because I'm involved in prayer and I've been praying and seeking his face. Now he does our janitorial work in here and he's always got this big speaker. And you know where he's at because you hear that speaker because you hear him praying in the spirit and that speaker booming the worship music, man. It just lights it up. And he's like, am I too loud for you, Pastor? I'm, no, I'm going to crank it up, you know. We had, we had this prophet with us one time. His name is Dick Mills. I love Dick Mills. And uh, Pastor Dave came to me and he said, uh, Ron, I think you're going to need to turn it down because it was a young adults meeting. He said, because it's pretty loud. And Dick Mills was 82, you know. And I said, well, let's go ask him. So I went over to Brother Dick. I said, 
sir, is it too loud in here for you? He goes, I was with Delirious last week. Crank it up. <laughs> so all you older people that think it's too loud, come on, let's crank it up a little. Amen. But let's just stop doing evil. Let's stop doing evil. Let's humble ourselves before God and line up with the word. Let our lives line up the word. Be men and women of God. Amen. Be on fire for Jesus. It's time to thrive. Amen. And who we are in Jesus. Amen. Because listen, he has a, he has given us his word. He has given up his given us his word. Man, these apostles that we're reading, they didn't have the Bible. They're, we're reading their stories. They didn't have this. They wrote it. And Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. Amen. He empowered us. He's empowered us. You are empowered. You know, when I read that Acts 1-8, he says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes in you. That word power is dunamis in the Greek. And that word means the ability to do miracles. You, when you receive the Spirit, you receive the ability to do miracles. <laughs> it excites me. <laughs> and then see, he's empowered us through the Spirit. Amen. He's empowered you. He's empowered you to walk the walk of faith in Jesus Christ. He's empowered you to do the things that Jesus did. Amen. He's empowered you to be a martyr. All right, we got two. <laughs> two is better than one. <laughs> and then he's given us signs of the times. I did three weeks on the signs just a few weeks ago. The signs. We're, we're in a time where I believe that Jesus could come back today. You know, and so we need to be what? Ready. <laughs> ready. We need to be ready. We need to be on fire. We need to be thriving in these things. Thrive in his word. Thrive in the spirit. Thrive in his power. Amen. Pay attention to the signs. He said what? He said, watch and pray. Watch and pray. Pray, pray, pray. Amen. That's what we need to be doing. He's given us that word. And then Stephen, he talks of Israel's rejection of what God has done for them. Number four. Don't allow your heart to be turned back into bondage. They wanted to go back to being slaves. They couldn't take it out there. Jesus had to set us free from bondage. Amen. That's what he does. He paid the price for our sin. So why go back to it? The Bible likes it to, to a dog going back to his vomit. You know how gross that is when a dog eats his own vomit? You know, it's, it's sick. You want, to, you want to whip your dog and get him out? That's what he's saying. Don't go back. They were waiting on Moses as he was up on the mountain with God. And they didn't know where to go, what to do. But when you're waiting, how many of you have been waiting on the Lord for something? When you're waiting, it, it's a different kind of waiting in the word of God. The, wait, the waiting that he's talking about is to be actively serving. You know, like being a waiter, to be a waiter to serve, be actively serving so that God can steer you 
right into the position that he has for you, that he can move you. I mean, if you never come to a prayer meeting, never come to a Bible study, you show up every other Sunday, how can God send you to another nation as a missionary to do a great work? I used to do young adults here, and I, and I, I told them this. I said, because God sends me to different nations. I said, if you want to go with me, you have to do it at home. Because if you can't do it at home, you shouldn't be doing it out there. So, I mean, every summer we would do outreaches, five outreaches in the park. I'd let them set up the outreaches. I would just go. I wouldn't even preach. They'd do outreaches in the city park. We'd, we'd get bands. We'd set up sound. We'd reach out. Because if, you, if it's hard for you to talk to people about Jesus there, why would God use you over there? We've got to do it at home, amen? We've got to learn to speak, speak out here. We can't allow our hearts to be turned back to what, what the devil has for us. We've got to rise up to what God has for him, amen? We've got to serve him, the Lord Jesus Christ, here in Corona, California, amen? I had, I had one cousin, Donna's cousin, said to me one time, he said, you know, family gets a little nervous for me about go my going. I'm going, not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday, I'm going to Peru for 11 days. And I'm very excited about the opportunities that they've given me to minister there. It's going to be a great time. But what was I saying? Huh? Oh, her cousin, we were getting ready to go to one country, and, and it's, it's dangerous there. And he said, why do you go there? People in the United States need to hear about God. And at the time, there was like 95 churches in Corona Norco area. 95 churches. I said, people can find God if they want to in Corona, California. Amen. Yeah, I mean, you just drive down Ontario. Church, 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 church. Lincoln. There's churches all over the place in this city. We have opportunity, but to go to places where there is no church, to go to places where they have to hide to do church. See, that's where God wants us to start stepping out, amen? I've been in some crazy situations in other countries, but God has always, everybody say always. Always, always protected me. Always. We were in a taxi in one country, and the driver, he, was, he drove us to kind of like a seedy area, and he got out of the cab, and my friend was in the front seat, and he's like, I'll rip his arm off when he comes back. <laughs> so then we're okay, we're okay, you know, because that guy was planning something seedy for us, but uh, he came back, got in the car, started it, and drove off, and we were okay. It's like, God is always there. He is always there, always there. You know, and, and the people of Israel, while they're out there in that wilderness and Moses was on the mountain, instead of hammering out a false god, they should have been praying. 
They should have been coming together and pray and seek his face. I mean, really waiting on the Lord. After all the miracles that they saw, I mean, they saw those 10 plagues come. They saw the Red Sea parted and, and they walked across on dry ground. I was at the Red Sea last year. Oh my gosh, it's so beautiful there. And they, that thing was parted and the people walked. And then, you know, some people say, well, it was really shallow. Well, it's amazing that God killed a whole army in shallow water. Because that's what happened. He killed the Egyptian army right after them, you know. And, and those miracles were incredible. They were awesome. And the people should have been remembering what God has done and holding on to what God has done instead of creating something else. God showed off for the Israelites. And they didn't see it. They didn't see it. We need to see what God is doing. And not focus on what the enemy's doing, amen? He's a jealous God and he wants our attention. He doesn't want us looking back on our former lives. He doesn't want us looking back and focusing on the way we used to be. We want to step into what God has. And let me just tell you, this is how you know if you're looking back. How do you act when you're angry? Do you go back to the way you used to be? You start cussing, swearing. Do you got to have a drink? That's how you know if you're wanting to go back into bondage. You just get angry once in a while and see how you handle it. It may be hard, but it does not mean that it won't be worth it. Amen? We, we used to have this lemon tree, and I'll finish up with this. We had this lemon tree in our house, just one lemon tree. And that lemon tree, every year, just blossomed with lemons. I mean, so many lemons. All the branches would be hanging down and everything. And Delanda would get like three or four laundry baskets and she'd go out there and she'd pick all these lemons. But the thing was, was that lemon tree had thorns. Oh man, it had thorns. And Delanda used to get cut up out there picking them lemons and and she'd get all scratched up and everything. And sometimes getting the fruit is not easy and you're gonna get scratched. You're gonna get pricked. But listen, those wounds will fade away quickly. Amen. She would use those, she'd take them baskets down to the fruit stand and trade them for other fruit. Because <laughs> we had like three or four, every time that tree blossomed, three or four baskets. To get to the fruit, sometimes it's difficult. But we got to hold on, amen? You may be wounded. You may have gotten wounded by somebody or something. But you got to keep going forward. Well, I'm going to stop right there. Let's just recap. Number one, be faithful to God. Be faithful. Number two, don't let anything stop your God-given dreams number three God hears your cries he loves you he hears your cries number four don't allow your heart to turn back into bondage because God's got a plan for you plan to prosper you not to harm you to give you a future and a hope and that's what we want to walk in today amen let's pray
Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we give you praise today. We thank you, God, for your loving kindness towards each one of us. And I pray, Father God, that your love would just fill every one of us here today. And maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Ron, I, I'm, I haven't been walking with God. Maybe you did before, but you need to get back on track. You need to get in line with what he's called you to do. You need to see them dreams come alive again. You, you need to get back to being faithful so that God hears your cries. If that's you today, just wave at me right now. I want to pray for you. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Amen. Praise God. Anybody else? Come on. Just, you know. Well, Father, you've seen those hands go up today. And I pray today, God, that, Lord, that they would return to that faithfulness in you, Father God. That, Lord, that they would stay surrendered to you, that their dreams would come alive. Father God, that there'd be no evil in their lives, Father God, that would stop you from hearing the cry in their heart, Father. And I pray, Father God, that none of us, none of us, none of us, God, would return to the baggage, Father God. That we'd not go back to where you brought us from, Father God. We'd not be that dog, Father God. And I pray, Father God, protection over every one of us. And God, that you protect every person here in this house. And Lord, that your healing would just flow right now. Yeah. Like a river of living water just flowing and touching and delivering people from sickness and disease right now, God. Let it flow, Father. Let it flow, Lord, in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus your grace just fill our hearts today father lord as we walk and surrender to you give us strength give us strength give us that power of the holy spirit in jesus name and everybody said amen amen let's give the lord a hand today huh <laughs> hallelujah god is good